Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, February 22nd, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash fm3 underscore Fran Mirabella. Hey, woke, uh, whoa, hello. I almost welcomed myself back, but I was uh, I meant to say it's good to be back in the clear. I'm very tired today, so it's how's good it going? to have you back. We were just talking about this last week. I'll, when, uh, during the post show, or maybe after, after the post show, I was like, man, Fran, I hope I get to host with you again soon because this is a fun time hosting with you. Yeah, we uh, was it just last week or a yeah, little bit was, the week before, maybe? Yeah. I think it was like a week ago now. Yeah, let's keep it going, man. Great to be back, even though it might be a bit of a slow news day. We'll we'll make the best of it, right? Oh yeah, we're ma- we're definitely making the best of it. Uh, before I get into the show proper, Fran, I gotta ask you, uh, mm. where do you stand on chicken sandwiches? Do you have like a top three ranking? You know what? I can't even. So when it comes to ranking things, uh, I'm famously. Um, uh, I procrastinate a ton. I can't make a decision, but it's because I have to like, in this case, I'd have to taste all the best chicken sandwiches and I haven't mm-hmm. even had the Popeye's one. And, um, but, Oh my God. But that but being you, said, you my go-to is an ongoing list, you know? Like yeah, but the, I have to like actually so far. You don't, get, you don't. get them. No, oh, I see this the sandwich. Sure, 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 sure. This but in other words, like, um, I, so I love chicken sandwiches and Wendy's spicy chicken is probably my fave, like go-to. Mm-hmm. Because it's just been around forever, and, and it's been an amazing go-to. But I know there's been all the recent – what is it, Popeyes? And then who else did one? That's the big boy, Popeyes. Um, Popeyes that, that is the like, big one, yeah. Popeyes is but like somebody, the, the king right now. Somebody followed suit after that, I thought, and was like, oh, now so-and-so has a new chicken uh, it was sandwich. A KFC. I, I Maybe think, it was KFC. I think it was um, – because KFC had, has had a spicy one. I think it was Burger King did it first. And then Popeyes mm. came in immediately after. Yeah, see, I felt like but one of them was oh, more foul than Popeyes. People in chat is, are saying Wendy's. I haven't no, had the Wendy's. I kind of fuck Wendy's with the Wendy's had, Yeah, Wendy's had a chicken sandwich forever. That they, No, absolutely not. There was a like a week, sandwich. I think. I, was, I mm. could have sworn there was a week where KFC did some sort of new chicken sandwich that got everybody going crazy. Mm. I bring but up Mickey the question, Lee's though. Did it yeah. This week. Sorry. And that's, that's the thing. Okay, wondering. so I bring I bring up the question because well, in KFG's past, me and Imran would have the back and forth talking about chicken sandwiches, and Kevin too, where you talk about the Jollibee chicken sandwich, talk about the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Over the weekend, I had the McDonald's chicken sandwich, and it wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was a new thing or not, but yeah. I I saw it on the menu and I was like, oh, I never noticed that they had a chicken sandwich, so I tried it. Really good chicken sandwich. And here's the thing: mm-hmm. on my ranking, I can only rank. I don't. I, I've only started thinking about chicken sandwiches. Uh, in a more deeper way within the last year. <laughs> and so I only got three I can compare it to right now. Being uh, Popeye's, Jollibee. I can even I can bring in Chick-fil-A in the mix because I've, ha- I've had Chick-fil-A a few times now. Uh, yeah. And McDonald's. Right now, my ranking stands at, and I'm talking about spicy chicken sandwich specifically, uh, Popeye's number one. All right. Jollibee's number two. Chick-fil-A number three. And then McDonald's number four. Even though McDonald's, mm-hmm. very good chicken sandwich. I just can't compare it to the rest. Dude, I can't remember. I've very rarely had Jolly Bee, by the way. Um, oh, so I didn't. I would have never thought of them in this chicken sandwich list. So what's up, Kevin? Oh, I was gonna ask. Did they have a spicy chicken sandwich? Yep. Or it was. A, oh yep. yeah. All right. Interesting. It interesting. was spicy. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I had it twice this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhat uh, fortuitous you bring this up because I was like, I was like trying to get a little exercise this week, and I'm scrolling Twitter, of course, in between um, taking a you know a quick break between whatever sit ups or something. And of course, like one of the first things to pop up was this like ridiculous new. I think it's a newer Wendy's chicken sandwich with like jalapenos and cheese, and oh. it's got something else on it. But it's like an upgrade to their chicken sandwich. I was like, of course, oh. you, know, I'm, you know, trying to get some exercise. I'm starving, staring. You know, at the gentlemen, where we get, will we get a Wendy's chicken sandwich review soon? Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. But. Until then, let's talk about video game news. Today's stories include Zelda's 35th anniversary, a BlizzCon news roundup, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news needs to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcasts services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily.
To be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, me and Andy reacted live to that behind-the-scenes of Overwatch 2 presentation at BlizzCon. It's a glorious 38 minutes they can catch right now on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Also on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, the latest Blessing Show is up right now. Uh, that's eight minutes of me breaking down what's up with the next-gen consoles. Now it's me, me breaking down what's up with chicken sandwiches, <laughs> ranking them from worst to best, best to worst. You can it's get all my happen. chicken sandwich reviews. It's going to happen eventually. We're going to do like Wait, April Fool's <laughs> episode of The Blessing Show. Should be that. It's actually me breaking down what's up with, uh, with next-gen consoles. Me talking about the PS5, Xbox Series X, kind of you know comparing them contrasting and talking about the the pros and cons of each and nobody ever gets mad at that and so you can go no, right now to youtube.com that's kind of funny games you want to check that out uh and thank you to our patreon producers graham of legend david mindtel trent barry blackjack louise aguiar at 8-bit louise james davis at james davis makes and the nanny biologist today we're brought to you by Linen, burrow and logitech but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Uh, Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one. Fran, would you believe? I would think I'd be remiss not to interrupt I think everything, including through video games. The fuck and, having um, a Daft Punk? Isn't, that, worst isn't that crazy? News. If you have not heard today, yeah, they decided to break up. They did this little, like, video, oh. and it's, like, real. Like, even looking at it, I can't believe it. But um, Did they say man. why? Are they just tired of making there's music? Been, Are they just retiring? They, there's no news on why. You know, they just sort of are splitting apart, and there's a video they made, so it was, like, an announcement. You know, it's not like mm. they – who knows, you know? And I think you got to respect that, too, where it's like, hey, they got their own reasons. But part of me wants to believe it's some huge stunt. <laughs> Right, because like what yeah. an amazing band, but yeah, I mean they've been at it forever, right? And like you imagine that at a certain point you just become uninspired making music when you've been doing it so long, you've been so yeah, successful at years, it, man. <laughs> I'm sure like for Daft Punk, you get in the game because you're passionate about it, and you're like, this is what we want to do. And then after 20 years or so, you're like, cool, we did it. You know, we did the thing. Yeah. We were very successful. How much more do we want to make? It could, exactly, it could be that, and you know they're gonna go out uh, legends regardless. But um, man, I was hoping for the Tron two, you know, Tron Legacy two to mm. come back and also get a soundtrack from them. I mean that that would have been amazing. You mean Tron three. Anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, right. Wait. Oh, the Tron, Tron Legacy two. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I get. What you're yeah, saying. yeah. I get Tron, Tron Legacy, and then it's exactly it's confusing. Wait, 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 but... Yeah. All right. All right. Let's talk about Zelda. Uh, Fran, it's the it's Zelda's thirty fifth anniversary. Can you believe it? I can believe it because <laughs> there's been so, you know, Zelda's just like my entire life in video games, which is interesting. But um, it is the the goat, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, when I think of uh, the best video games of all time, like Zelda's always just there in every generation at every freaking moment. Um, so I can't believe it. What yeah. about you, though? We're, we're to come I from mean, different uh, no, uh, I'm, generations. I'm... I'm in the same place. Like it's as long as far back as I can remember, Zelda's been there. You know, like even even in my earliest video game memories, I think back to playing Super Smash Brothers on N64. I think back to playing Zelda on N64 in Zelda games before that, right? Like going to friends friends' houses who had Super Nintendos and NESs and playing Zelda and like, yeah, no, I I can believe it too. Like I can very well believe that Zelda is this old. Um, but yeah, like I, I still think that. it's 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 weird. It's a weird thing to say. I feel like about any video games because I still think of video games as being such a a young medium. Yeah. Um, that said, Zelda's thirty fifth anniversary happened over the weekend, and a lot of people have a lot of things to say about it. I'm gonna pull an article real quick from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. It pretty much sums up uh, uh, what there is to say about Zelda's thirty fifth anniversary. Uh, Tom Phillips writes here. Nintendo's beloved adventure series, The Legend of Zelda, has turned 35 years old. Fans around the world celebrated the anniversary online this weekend, though Nintendo itself has remained silent. The original Zelda game, The Legend of Zelda, first launched for the NES on the 21st of February 1986 in Japan. Other series standouts include Link's Awakening in 1993 for Game Boy, Ocarina of Time for N64 in 1998, and The Wind Waker in 2002 for GameCube. Breath of the Wild, the Breath of the Wild, the series' most recent all-new release, arrived alongside Nintendo Switch in 2017. 
I bring this up as a news story because I kind of want to talk about one our Zelda memories, right? Like, what's the, what are the things that we love about Zelda, and what are our, what are our, what are our memories of Zelda? And then I also want to talk about what we want for Nintendo for Zelda's 35th anniversary. But to start with the first question, Fran, do you have any Zelda memories that come to mind when you think of Zelda? Yeah, a ton. <laughs> It'd be hard for me to like know where to start. Um, I think you know the 1998 release of Ocarina of Time though was the probably the pinnacle of a game release and my excitement for a game. The you know the leap from 2D to 3D was just so exciting, and Nintendo was in a position where they were writing you know the bible on what to do how to handle all that and super mario 64 certainly taught a lot of lessons but um you know ocarina of time was really the masterpiece where it just it just capitalized on everything you could do with hardware at the time even you know with some pc hardware out there um nintendo showed that you know what you can do with like a fully um integrated console and getting a team of course years of experience on it but um so I was going to say the release of it, but actually the actual day of that it came out, I remembered I um, I was in college at the time, uh, just starting, and uh, I, I skipped calculus class. I was going to go, and I was going to pick it up after, and I was like, nah, and I just went straight to the store, picked it up, went home, drew the shades, and then just like I skipped school for the day because I'm like, screw this. I'm not feeling well. I'm just going to stay home and play games all day, so... And that was amazing. I think I played for like 13 hours straight, you know? Oh, my God. That's what about awesome. you? I, Zelda's been one of those franchises for me where I got in the game late. And when I say late, I mean like probably about a decade ago. You know, like growing, growing up, I remember having friends that were super into Zelda, right? And like I remember, I remember them being the ones that were more passionate about Zelda than I was. You know, I liked Zelda. And I, I used Link a lot in Smash Brothers. For, like Link was my, was my oh, main yeah. in those games. Um. But it wasn't until about like a decade ago where I was like, you know what, man, fuck it. I'm going to play through Ocarina of Time because so many people talk about this game as being one of the greatest games ever made. And I need to sit down with it and actually play it mm. from front to back and really understand it. And so I ended up playing it on emulator uh, back in the day. When I was, and this is like high school slash college mm -hmm. me playing it on a PC via mouse and keyboard. And I played it all the way through that way. And actually, mouse and keyboard. Whoa. Yeah, mouse and key I played, or not even mouse. It was actually just keyboard. <laughs> I played mm. it on keyboard and ended up really loving it. Like, ended up falling oh. in love with it years later, years after it released. And so that's one for me. But then another one that I I've been thinking about recently was getting into Twilight Princess on the Wii. And Twilight Princess, weirdly enough, was probably the game that got me super into uh, listening and, and watching kind of funny content because I played <laughs> it in like 20 2012 2013 ish uh and i was already I, at the time i was listening to beyond i'd been following ign content from the kind of funny dudes and kind of funny wasn't a thing yet but they had started doing game over greggy show and some stuff on mm -hmm. i guess greg miller's youtube channel at the yeah. time and twilight princess turned out to be the perfect podcast game for me and so like while playing through i'd be like okay what can i listen to mm -hmm. and that's how i kind of fell into the game over greggy show and watched a bunch of episodes back to back to back to back uh while playing twilight princess and that kind of made that game for me uh and so like there's that and then breath of the wild is now one of my favorite games ever made just because that was a game that similarly i i had fallen in love with it was another podcast game for me but i think that was the one where i really became enthralled with its world and its design and mm -hmm. how the, the freedom that that game kind of grants you you know when you get into that game and, and, it, and it tells you hey go anywhere you want and you just do it right like that was a thing for me that meant uh uh a lot to me in that game and so yeah i mean yeah. That, i mean that's what the big testament here is that you know looking at it 35 years later and seeing that it's managed to reinvent itself you know you look at something like uh i don't know that's a fair comparison but the doom you know has been around a very long time as well and doom's just to me is still doom but it's incredible right and they've met what it is but for what they did with breath of the wild i thought it was interesting i know for some zelda fans actually it didn't hit but most people it did and i thought breath of the wild was amazing um and so i can't wait to see you know what they do with the next one but um but i was gonna say it actually surprised me a little bit that going to ocarina of time for you you know a decade after it was out or whatever that it did hit uh i was worried it was gonna be you know i didn't quite get why people love it because yeah the you had that sort of 
Well, you didn't have to be there in the technology and the time, but if you were, of course, right? You can imagine it's yeah. the same as is going to see some movie with the latest and greatest, you know, effects and IMAX or whatever, and you're like, holy crap, like that was that was CG, you know? Like it looked amazing and it was similar feeling, but really what Ocarina of Time has is so much charm. I think that always comes through. It comes through in the title screen. You boot it up and there's something magical about what they did. Um and it just, I, I feel it every time I boot it up, there's something magical about it, despite the fact that it's a pretty, you know, dated game now. But um, it's it's awesome. And I think people can still go back and play it and, oh, yeah. and learn a ton of lessons about video game design as well. So, yeah, no, I 1000 percent agree. Like, I'm shocked by how well I think that game holds up. Uh, I went to I went to Twitter and asked folks what their Zelda memories were. And I got quite a few responses. I want to go through some of them because some of them are really awesome. Uh, I'm going to start off with a response from at Sad Boy Barrett, Barrett Courtney. Uh, Barrett said, leaving the Temple of Time after first pulling out the Master Sword to see how messed up the world had become after seven years under Ganondorf. And uh, Barrett's talking about Ocarina of Time here. From people dancing and lively music to just pure death in the town square. Such a striking moment and one of the best still today. And yeah, that was one that even playing it years years later for me, like, shook me from from um, Ocarina of Time. You know, where you have that world switch. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? And you kind of realize yeah. what went down. That's one that still to me is like is is a is an amazing moment uh, in gaming. Yeah, I was gonna say another one that came to my mind as like a quick aside that a lot of people probably do not remember, but I was covering um, Wind Waker when it was coming out, and you know went through many interviews, uh, reading and scouring all the information on that game before it came out, and the early screenshots, et cetera. But anyway, a little known fact maybe is that if you look through some old screens, you'll see Link's eyes maybe red or some blue uh they had some different colors that you saw in there and you can find some info on it but um they they were thinking of having like his eyes change color to like react to whether you know he's fighting you know maybe his eyes would be red or maybe there's something happening in the room uh as like a cue but then they were like well uh you're not always gonna see his eyes and it might also look weird at times so we never saw it but it always fascinated me for whatever reason i remember catching it in a screenshot you know and again you would look at every possible angle you could on a news story back then you know and, mm -hmm. and milk as much out of it so maybe that was a big part of it so uh i want to shout out this response from seth macy uh who, who replied and said that first step into hyrule in breath of the wild which I also think is a very cool moment where you, where you first escape the cave and you walk out and you have that pan over the world with the Breath of the Wild title. I always thought that was such a special one. Uh, Greg Miller responded and says, Michael Bryan told me over and over to play Ocarina, and I didn't. Passed up buying the gold cart at block, Blockbuster sale at a Blockbuster sale for like $10. He said I'd hmm. regret it. Eventually, I, I relented and played his copy. I stayed up the night before the ACT with it. Couldn't put it down. Awesome <laughs> How'd the ACD go? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Greg Miller, if you're listening, he let us know still, what you scored on the ACT. He probably still crushed it, but he got was a, very he tired of doing it. You already know. <laughs> uh, Dylan Jones responded and says, "Finally defeating Goma in, in Wind Waker mm. after struggling for months and having Wind Waker go on to become one of my favorite games ever." Dave Dave Puke. Uh, Respondent says, I learned English as a result of Link to the Past, having enough dialogue that I wanted to know what they were saying. Which is really cool. Uh, Cody Coyote responded and says, "Getting to Ganon in Ocarina of Time for the first time and hearing last battle and hearing last battle start. Oh man, I'm and he's talking about the last <laughs> battle song there, which is a really good one." And then hey, I'm gonna pull hey, it. blessing. It's Greg. I heard oh, you called me. Yeah, I did yeah. not do well on the ACT. Oh, <laughs> I do. No. I do credit it to staying up to like three in the morning playing Ocarina of Time the night before. But, but hey, you know what? Who Exactly. Who won? Yeah, I won out. You made so the right choice. Yeah. That's the best part of it. Exactly. Cares, I man. even we'll tried. I, you know, I even did a thing where I wrote a college essay about Ocarina of Time. Of, uh, I think it's the same thing Barrett tweeted of uh, how the difference, the juxtaposition of pulling the Master Sword and coming out and finding Hyrule decimated and being zombies. Incredible. Damn. Did you score so, good on that, on that uh, essay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was a college thing. Like my, my it, it was like both heartening because my you know honors english teacher was like hey this is a really good essay and then he was but he's like also it's really sad that you didn't read any of the books that i asked you to possibly write this about because that was what it was it was like hey here's 19 novels you should have read by now i was like oh no but let me tell you about ocarina time oh man well there you go you could be an aerospace engineer right now but instead you're talking about video games <laughs> i want out you know what i mean exactly. the planes fall from the sky video games never die all right i'll talk to you guys later <laughs> See, greg
Uh, and I'm going to pull in one more from Randy okay. Brunette, who wrote in and says, uh, I've always loved Legend of Zelda, my favorite series. When I met my wife, we bonded over Zelda after I saw her drawing a Triforce in her notebook. It was an it was an instant connection for us, and and we started dating in the day. Twi- and we started da- dating the day Twilight Princess and the Wii launched, and she walked down the aisle to the Wind Waker theme. So now, so now on top of it being my favorite game series of all time, it's intertwined with my marriage in a very meaningful way, and we will always love the series. Ocarina of Time is my favorite. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of people that came together over their love of of video games but certainly zelda has to be way up there when you think about people who you know yeah they'll have like a tattoo or or something that they are super into zelda and and somebody else picks up on that and they're like oh you love it as much as i do let's get married (laughs) um but yeah i was uh wanted to make a quick total side note to zelda by the way Mm kept people were saying my mic's really low again just fyi but i don't know if you're seeing it on your end uh, anyway, sounds pretty good on my end, but uh... yeah, it happens every show to be quite honest. So I don't know, it's all good. I yeah. always notice it in the playback too that it's 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 usually quite a bit lower. I'll, I'll but... turn it up, up Kevin. Turn them all I'm the way. Turn up. you up all the way. All up, the way. I mean, you should see the levels. Yeah, I know. See the It was like a ten and negative six okay. is, is our goal. But well, like, it may, you know, yeah, you, you know, you know. Sometimes it's it's. You know, maybe it's not accurate, but also you might need to turn me down now, Wes. If you turn me up, no, no, we're keeping you all the way up. Okay. Fran, what do you want from that's Nintendo so during Zelda's 35th anniversary? Because that's been the big question. We got Skyward Sword announced. <clears throat> that's coming later this year in a remastered form, which, you know, some people mm-hmm. are very excited about. Others are like, why this one? But, you know, no matter what side you stand on, right? It's nice that we're getting a Zelda game remastered. Uh, yeah. We're getting more Breath of the Wild news, Breath of the Wild 2 news later this year. Do you think that's all we're going to get, or do you think Nintendo's going to do more? Man. Well, there's a couple questions in there. What do I want the most? I want Metroid Prime 4 for Zelda's 35th anniversary. Um, yeah, no, I'm kidding. I love Metroid as well and uh, cannot wait. They overlook a lot of anniversaries is what I was thinking. So shout out to Metroid Prime 4. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. Like Breath of the Wild 2, I remember predicting it for a games cast. Not spot on, but uh, I was like, they're going to pull the, um, you know, the Majora's Mask. Ocarina of Time came out, right, 1998. And then it was uh, 2000 that Majora's Mask came out. And Majora's Mask kind of flipped things, went pretty hardcore in some senses in terms of difficulty, but also the dark, dark tone of it. It was just really dark at times. Not that Ocarina of Time didn't have that, but um, that's that's what I want to see with Breath of the Wild 2 more than anything is to mm-hmm. truly embrace some of those like darker, you know, called the darker anime vibe that they kind of got going at, at times now. Um, I think, you know, the... The populace is out there in terms of how many older players there are. And you could still have a, a kind of scary game that, that works for... I know they always want to target all ages, but I, I guess my point is air on a little more of the, the adult side, maybe, with the tone. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I, Breath of the Wild, I think, thematically, very dark game, but when you're, play, when you're playing it, you look at the world, you look at the characters, and everything is so light and fun and vibrant. But you like when you think about Breath of the Wild, right? It's a game that's about the post-apocalypse. Everybody's fucking dead. You've lo- like you lost the war. Ganon's wreaked havoc across yeah. Hyrule, and you've already like you've already lost. That's where Breath of the Wild takes place. But you walk into the world, and it is it is you know beautiful, colorful. You have all all these different uh, uh, environments that you can go explore. There's fucking deer <laughs> running around and shit, and it's like cool. It's it's such a it's such a nice vibe that I'd kind of like to see the the turn right, like the darkness yeah. that lays under the land. Yeah, something a little darker. But you know, I I think you made a good point. It's not like it doesn't have its darker corners in Breath of the Wild, but um, but it'd be cool to embrace it. But I also think yeah. you got to think about uh, Breath of the Wild really embraced the physics engine, and of course all the the temples um, or the shrines, I should say. I don't think we could do, we can't just rinse and repeat that. I know, you know, Nintendo pretty well by now. I don't think they're going to rinse and repeat that. I think we'll see some shrines, but to just think that, oh, we'll just get, you know, a darker tone with a bunch of shrines. And I think we're going to see something flip in there. I don't know what it is, um, but I know temples, obviously, and the size of a true temple and the way that they handled it. Like maybe we'll see some return to that as well. And I'm certainly hoping for that. I mean, that was uh, something to get used to for me in Breath of the Wild. Like, I really enjoyed those sort of miniature shrines. You know, actually, they, they would take some time, but you know what I mean? They didn't feel... Yeah, they weren't full It wasn't dungeons. like going to the water temple. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I that's kind of the thing I want to you because even though I like the Divine Beast a lot in in Breath of the Wild, I was missing that those Zelda dungeons, those traditional dungeons that we appreciate from Ocarina of Time up until Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Uh, and I do, I in terms of the, in terms of the dark themes, right? In that in that Breath of the Wild two trailer, we got images of I think what we assume is Ganon undead or maybe actually mm. dead, you know, with like the 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 um head kind of turning in that imagery mm -hmm. that seems like it's going to point uh, somewhat towards that and out of that i hope we get more story because that was like one of the yeah. things i wish we got more out, out of in breath of the wild um and then i also think we are going to get more dungeony stuff because i think that's the natural progression of what we got out of breath of the wild with the open world and the shrines and all that stuff i think yeah. if you want to make something that's fresh out of that you then go full-on dungeons like i can see the the dlc and trial of the sword and all that stuff kind of pushing toward that direction a bit and mm -hmm. I think I think that'd be awesome. In terms of the 35th anniversary, I, I I think the the easiest answer to give would be more remasters and more ports. You know, it'd be awesome to be able to play Ocarina of Time in Majora's Mask, uh, and Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on the Switch. Um, I know that's probably asking too much from Nintendo because Nintendo is always very much of their own mind when they come when it comes to how they're going to release remasters and games in general. Yeah. Um, but some form of that, I think, would be awesome. You know, whether it, whether it is just Majora's Mask or Ocarina, or whether it is, hey, we're going to take the Wii U ports and put them on Switch. I think either of those would be awesome. I think to get like a Zelda 35 that of the vein of Mario 35 would be really cool too. Where it is, whether it's a Zelda Battle Royale that is dungeon to dungeon, and you're taking out opponents that way, or whatever it may be, I think something like that could be cool. I just want to see yeah. them celebrate it though. You know, that's my that's yeah. my big thing is I want to see them embrace it because I think it's always a fun thing to go back to those franchises and really lift them up and, and give people a reason to get excited about them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably development resources. So I I kind of joked about it, you know, talking about Metroid Prime 4 instead. But um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see something for this. I'm just not expecting it at this point. You know, I feel like with the direct that just happened and we were right here, you know, they they, they even said, hey, we, we're not really ready to talk too much about Method Wild 2, but... We didn't really, um, I feel like that was the time and the moment. Like, it pretty much was the 35th anniversary. So uh, I'm not really expecting much. But, man, it'd be nice to get a full-on, you know, we already saw Wind Waker, you know, HD. And it'd be awesome just to get a full-on, you know, Switch port of that, obviously. I know a lot of oh, people yeah. have been wanting that. I feel like that's the easiest solution. You know, any GameCube game I think you can take and be like, okay, can you at least just get that in good shape and bring it to Switch? I think people would be pretty happy with that. And Wind Waker is a, a heck of a Zelda game, too. So, yeah. Fran, let's talk about BlizzCon. Uh, this is story number two. We got a BlizzCon 2021 roundup. Before I get into it, Fran, are you a Blizzard person? Did you watch any of BlizzCon? Does this appeal to you? I watched some of it, but I would say I'm behind on some of the news, so I'm, I'm curious to go through it all in a bit more detail with you. But yeah, I was excited to check out some Overwatch stuff. Um, excited to see more on you know Diablo 4. Um, those were probably the two standouts for me. Yeah, no, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I, I come in and watch the things that I care about out of BlizzCon, and that was mainly just Overwatch for me. Uh, so let's get into it. We got a roundup from Felicia Miranda at IGN. Uh, let's start off with Blizzard Arcade. There's a Blizzard Arcade collection that's now announced. Blizzard is bringing back some of its classic games with the Blizzard Arcade collection. Launching today, and this is Friday, on PC and consoles, the collection features the Lost Vikings, Blackthorn, and Rock and Roll Racing, both their classic and newly enhanced formats. We also got what? World of Warcraft uh, Wait, Shadowlands what? patch. What's no, that? for real, I missed this news. Rock and Roll Racing is just coming out in this arcade collection. Oh my god, that Wait, was tell like me about Rock my... and Roll Racing. Oh my god, it's like one of my all-time old-school favorite games. I played so much of that. It was, you know, it's just like a, a top-down. Uh, I got to go back and look. It was it isometric or top-down? But it was, it's a racer, you know. But it had the coolest music and some of the best sound, like legit, some of the best sound at the time. In fact, I'm trying to remember. I might look it up while we're talking. Some of the developers, I think, were just like on point with their ability to compress sound. So getting that out of your uh, Super Nintendo, I think at the time is where I was playing it, right? But it was just incredible. But I must have clocked like hundreds of hours for whatever reason. Really? Um, and yeah, Kevin, that's right. So somebody I'm in chat said it's combat racing. racing. Yeah, you're like crashing into your other teammates and uh, I gotta go back and look it up. But man, that game was a ton of fun. So that's, that's exciting. That's awesome. Lost Vikings is an incredible game. All, all of those, Blackthorn, et cetera. That's a really awesome collection so if you've never played any of those i'd say get hyped and and respectfully go check them out you know um when when this is out i didn't catch the date but well what's that kevin 
Are the kids hearing this? Kevin's watching a YouTube no. video in the background. Yeah, no, I, guys, I'm pulling up a mm-hmm. stupid piece of shit video that's probably going to be lame. All right? Rock and roll. <laughs> rock and roll racing? You think yeah. rock and roll racing is going to be lame, Kevin? How dare you? How fucking dare, dare you? I totally it's called missed rock this news. and roll racing. Because of the, I mean, the music was a big part, like a huge part of it. As Kevin's looking that that up, uh, let me tell you about World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Yeah. World of Warcraft Shadowlands patch 9.1 Chains of Domination was also announced. Uh, We also got World of Warcraft, the Burning Crusade classic expansion, which was announced. How's it looking, Kevin? Not great. Keep doing it. You got it. You're going great. Cool, cool, cool. People say it comes out today. Wow. Yeah, it's already out. Hearthstone Forged and Baron's expansion and Mercenaries mode has been revealed. Uh, we also got Diablo 4 role class uh, trailer Wait, revealed. Real quick. Do you want a trailer of the new or the old? Well, show I us think the new. new. Yeah, it probably looks a lot better. Than it. No, I mean, this is already seven. This is seven years old. All right. Where is the new stuff? I, you okay. got to take your time. You, you, you might just want to look up the collect. It'll probably be in like a collection trailer. Well, why don't we go through all the news and then we come back to it at the. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to it. Because then it'll give you uh, time to find it. And then Diablo 2 Resurrected was announced. BlizzCon 2021 has even more nostalgia for us. And again, this is uh, Felicia over at IGN. This time announcing Diablo 2 Resurrected and confirming it'll launch on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Nintendo Switch. And then we got a bunch of new details about Overwatch 2. Uh, I'm going to pull directly from Joe Scrabbles at IGN, who has his own wrap-up for us. A plethora of new, information for, of new information was revealed about Overwatch 2 at BlizzCon 2021, including new campaign details, two new maps, a new hero missions mode, and then changes to PvP and more. I'm going to start with some bullet points. Uh, two new Overwatch maps were revealed as part of the panel, Rome and New York City, although it's not clear what PvP mission types they will be. New character, Sojourn, uh, was shown off a little more, with the team revealing that she uses a railgun uh, designed to bring back some of the feeling of classic shooters. The gun requires accurate use and can rip through enemy health bars. While Overwatch 2's PvP leans heavily on the existing Overwatch's structure, the team is making experimental changes that make Overwatch 2's PvP a big departure from the current live version. Of course, me and Andy did a whole reacts uh, to the Overwatch 2 presentation. It's live right now. Uh, one of the things that they pointed out were, was that they could just rip out uh, the assault mode from Overwatch entirely because apparently people do not like that mode, uh, which I wasn't aware of because I've always liked assault. But you know, that's the thing that that's 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 an example of a change they could make to that. And so look forward to big changes from PvP. They also talked about hero missions. Uh, those are the game's replayable co-op PvP mode, uh, which have been designed to entice new players who might be less interested in competitive play. Uh, hero missions will contain light story elements and can be played with any character in the roster. Overwatch 2's campaign centers on the members of Overwatch being brought back together to work out who's behind a second Omnic Uprising. Every mission will feature cinematic intros and outros with seamless cuts to and from gameplay. And then every every story mission is set in a custom-built map and are described as absolutely gigantic. Fran, did you wa- did you get to watch some of the Overwatch 2 presentation? Is Andy here? <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, Andy's here. The Discord. I didn't Andy, know if going? I should... Yeah. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to uh, clarify really quick on the two capture point thing that happened. Um... Fran Blessing just mentioned that they were, you know, men. Uh, Jeff Kaplan is on camera, kind of, you know, talking about two CP and how how much people have negative uh, feelings on two CP being in mm-hmm. the sort of rotation of competitive maps, whether it's um, Hanamura or, um, I mean, just any of the two CP maps, uh, Horizon Lunar Colony, Paris, all the ones that nobody really likes a whole lot. The on camera, Jeff Kaplan was very wishy-washy. We might be thinking about removing these maps. And then in the official Overwatch Discord, Jeff Kaplan said, there will not be any 2CP in any competitive mode mm-hmm. and possibly even mm-hmm. quick play. That it'll still be around for arcade modes in the future. but And sort of like, you know, the, the modes where you just go around and fart around and have fun. But... Definitely no, not in competitive and possibly even in the standard quick play mode. So 2CP isn't, isn't a, just assault. It's like a form of assault mode is what I'm getting. Uh, yeah, 2CP is any, is any mode where you have to one point and then you go capture the second point. Gotcha. 
So it's gotcha. any of those maps. It, 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 as far as payload maps, as far as yeah. control maps, where you are trying to control the, the king of the hill type zone, all those are to stay. And it's likely a 2CP will be replaced or... We didn't hear much about this push mode. I don't know if y'all remember from BlizzCon last year or two, whenever the last one, the live one they had, when they showed off. Nineteen, I thought. But... They showed off push mode, which is essentially there's a robot in the center, <clears throat> and if and you are trying to push the robot to the other side, and whoever makes the most progress wins. Mm -hmm. And it's it's possible that uh, replaces two CP, but push mode was not shown at all in this recent thing so it's and and during this reveal jeff kaplan is mentioning we might you know it's possible that 2cp is gone forever and we'll replace it with possible future modes better fun modes and push was not mentioned so i'm kind of curious what they're doing there yeah andy what was Good your overall takeaway from that overwatch 2 behind the scenes it's way bigger than i would have thought it, it was it's it, they are definitely doing work on this single player stuff they and I love that. I think the I think they have such a nice roster of characters and a cool world that they've created, and I want them to capitalize on it more. I mean, the the shorts that come out whenever Blizzard makes these animated shorts, they are always yeah. heartwarming and really well done and fun, and and they always make you smile and sometimes cry. And it's like they they really need to do more with this world, and I think it should be. I think Overwatch should be like synonymous with Fortnite on that level when it comes to like why don't people need to care about this shit more because it's so well so <laughs> yeah. well done and I want the world to just be more realized. So the as far as the I can't believe how deep the campaign seems like it's going to be just like in the video we mentioned bless uh I didn't care about any of the single player modes and yep. now I totally care about this campaign and I'm I'm really happy about it. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. When they when we got the announcement of Overwatch 2, I was a bit underwhelmed by it because I come to Overwatch to play multiplayer. Like, I come to play the different PvP modes, and for whenever they have added in PvE stuff, that stuff has never really captured me. Like the limited time events and all that stuff. You know, you go in and I play once or twice, and I'm like, okay, that's cool as a, as a thing to fuck around with, but never struck me as a thing that should be the main event. And so with Overwatch 2, when they announced that that was going to be a big thing, was them adding in a campaign and, and adding in these PvE stuff, I was like, oh, all right, we'll see how that goes. And I wasn't until this last presentation where I was like, fuck, man, this looks really good. Because they went into detail talking about how, yeah, like, we 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 tested and we understand that, like, the taking out these NPCs isn't as satisfying as it needs to be. And so we, we went in and we added in enemy degradation to where now if you shoot at a robot's arm that arm will fall off or if you shoot at the robot's leg it'll trip over and stuff like that stuff that makes that uh that that gunfire against pve stuff work uh they, had, they talked about that they showed up they showed off a little bit of the the skill trees and some of the leveling which looks really interesting because now you can you can equip certain moves for certain characters certain special abilities in ways that that wasn't a thing in overwatch one and the ways in which they're doing it in overwatch two look fun and look exciting uh overall i'm very excited about overwatch 2 i am shocked about how yeah, excited I, I am for the pve stuff in overwatch 2 i clearly need to watch that full it's like yeah 38 40 minute long um video right so i watched a yeah. recap and there's a lot of stuff you guys are saying now that i didn't didn't pick up on like the skill tree stuff i didn't see that um so skill tree stuff all those it, things will likely not affect multiplayer right? i think that would just kind yeah. of tilt the balance a little yeah. too much yeah but uh fran like the, i think the biggest thing i took away from it was they are approaching the single player like Left 4 Dead. <laughs> they um, are suddenly these enemy types are not just small robot, medium robot, big robot. They are adding so much variety to what the enemies are and how they behave. And it it feels a lot more dynamic, this world that they're creating. And uh, so like they showed off, the, I guess the closest thing I can compare it to is what the Avengers campaign did where they are making a big story that you will play through and with cutscenes and all, and it's likely going to be one of those things where you play as certain heroes in this mission, you play as certain heroes in this mission. But then they have these smaller type of strikes or whatever they were called in mm -hmm. Avengers, the smaller type of single-player, uh, they call them hero missions, I believe. Yeah. And I think they're all kind of um, you know, designated as certain heroes, but they're much more smaller in, in scope, 
but still like they're trying to ramp up the variety on it so much so where there is a world map and you can pick what area you want to play in in that world map and the world map will have dynamic weather dynamic um time of day so mm -hmm. you might play on paris when it's snowy at nighttime or you know in the morning of you know on lijong tower and it might be foggy that day or whatever like i think they're just really adding a lot of depth to it way more than i thought they were yeah, I was going to say, like, it's uh, worth the wait. I know for a long time, Overwatch, uh, you know, obviously it came out and it's had its ups and downs and, and it's been hard at times, I think, to keep the the juice, you know, flowing, so to speak. And um, I think it's an incredible game. It's a super talented team and definitely got a little nervous as sort of Activision kind of set up more rules for how quick, you know, teams need to move at Blizzard. Blizzard is famously known, of course, take all the time they need. It's it's. It, I mean, it'll be out when game, it's done, you know. <laughs> this game's not coming out till it seems at least next year. Probably to next them, year. Which yeah, there's a lot of time for them it's to absolutely worth the wait though. An Overwatch game, and absolutely, yeah, that's what again, I was... also worth the wait, right? Like for as as a sequel for a game that came out in 2016, that's going to end up being five six years until we get another game, and, yeah. or, and it... from the time between Overwatch to Overwatch two, and you know that's I that's the, seems to be the time that they need. Especially when you look at the, some of the upgrades they made visually to Overwatch mm. 2. You know, they go into detail about and the how they upgraded yeah. sound. and they, Animation. They went in and captured real guns. Yeah, animation. They went in and, and tweaked the looks of each of the characters to be more detailed. I'm, ex I'm super excited about this. Yeah, game. I was... That's that's the thing. I was glad to see that, and that's what I was kind of getting to the heart of. Like they're they're re overhauling a ton of stuff, and it's worth the wait because when Overwatch Two hits, you don't want it to just be oh, you know, they added in a little of these hero modes and like some new maps, and they got rid of these two CP you know uh, maps. Like it's going to be a lot more than that, I think, based on yeah. the amount of time and effort they're putting in. And you know, if you've, I think we just read something that Apex Legends made a couple billion dollars. Um, so I think you know. Blizzard and Activision, they know how much money is on the line here, and it's oh, worth, yeah. you know, taking the time. Andy, what are you and uh, Snowmike Mike and me playing after this? Great question. I don't know. <laughs> I have Isn't no it, idea. Are you guys playing that, uh, the Mario World with Tim? I thought so, but apparently there might be a change, so we'll go ahead. We're going to go ahead and see after y'all are done, but thank you for all Go. letting me invade. I'll talk to y'all no, later. Man. Thanks for the Peace deets. out. Of course, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Right after kindoffunnygames daily, you can catch the stream. It'll be Snowmike Mike, Andy, Nick, Maybe Tim, maybe not Tim. I thought it was Tim, but I don't think it's Tim anymore. Uh, but you will see. Uh, but for now, story number three. A Twisted Metal series from Deadpool writers is in the works over at Sony Pictures TV and PlayStation Productions. Uh, this is Joe Otterson at Variety. A live-action series adaptation of the Twisted Metal PlayStation game franchise is officially moving forward, Variety has learned. Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions are developing a series based on the Twisted Metal vehicular combat games, the first of which was released in 1995. It was originally reported in 2019 that Sony was interested in developing a series based on the games. The new series is described as an action comedy based on an original take by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the writers behind Deadpool films and Zombieland. Quote, Twisted Metal is one of the most beloved franchises from PlayStation, said Asad Kizilbash, head of PlayStation Productions. We are thrilled to have such a great team working on bringing this iconic game to life for the fans, end quote. The show is about a motormouthed outsider who is offered a chance at a better life, but only if he can successfully deliver a mysterious package across a post-apocalyptic wasteland. With the help of a trigger-happy trigger, trigger car, car thief, he'll face savage marauders, driving vehicles of destruction, and other dangers of the open world, uh, of the open road, including a deranged clown, a deranged clown named named who named who drives an all too familiar ice cream truck, whom fans of the game will 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 know as Sweet Tooth. Fran, this sound exciting to you? You want a twist metal TV series? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think we need more video game stuff. Uh, unfortunately, it has a history, you know, in the past of it's. it can be maybe not done so well when a video game is adapted to a movie or, you know, maybe TV. But um, no, I think I think the games have, you know, obviously with The Witcher and other stuff have shown how much potential they have. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a really cool world. And again, we were talking about darker tone stuff. This is certainly in there, but it's also funny. Um, so if it, it sort of retains both those elements i think it could be pretty cool but i still after you you read that description i'm like i still don't know what this is i don't know if they knew when they wrote that yet either but that's a good you know a good um 
you know, short description maybe of, of where they're headed. But yeah, if you if you'd asked me if I wanted a Twisted Metal TV series, I would have said no. But them taking all these steps makes me actually excited about it because you're telling me it's from the writers of Deadpool and Zombieland. That already, I think, is a good starting point for establishing a tone of a Twisted Metal series. And then, yeah, you tell me that it's about a, per- a dude in a post-apocalyptic wasteland who has to deliver a package. Then I'm like, okay, <laughs> this sounds like it has a lot of potential, especially if you're going the comedic route. Like, this sounds like a funny Mad Max to me. Yeah, I was going to say, if it has any of the tone of Deadpool but, and Zombieland, uh, that'd what, be amazing. What bugs me a little bit is, I think you're right, and... That also means that it doesn't necessarily have a twisted metal tone sound to it. You know what I mean? Where it's like that's, that's not what twisted metal is. Twisted metal is a yearly competition, right? That happens where this weird character Calispo is gonna Calis- Calypso? I can't say it. Calypso, maybe. Uh, yeah, Calypso. that's it. Is gonna grant you a wish if you win. It's different, you know. Was that what the premise was, dude? I mean, yeah, dude. Like the funny, stories, dude. the I've, stories were like the best part. I've cut, like, never Twisted thought Metal about Black, the Twisted Metal series. Twisted uh, Metal Black, yeah. Like the the like those. That's one of the reasons I got so into it is because like the like fucked up story. The characters were, are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That like that like that. You're right. The the lore and the style of the characters was one of the best parts about it. But like. At the end of the day, it was just like crashing trucks and stuff, yeah. an ice cream would truck that, into like and a. Would a that work Mad as Max a TV car. series? Like, if you took that twisted metal, like the tr- like the true uh, story setup for twisted metal, and turned it into a TV series, here, Kev, the, like, do you think that work? I think a competition. Could re- I, I think it could really work because each episode mm-hmm. there can be like, let's say, there's going to be eight episodes. Each episode could be the backstory of what brought everyone into the the competition, and then like kind of give a little bit more of the battle and someone gets taken out. Like, I think that that could have been really cool. And this sounds very, very different in every yeah. way. Yeah. But hopefully they still like, maybe they still reference like that it's around that world. Cause you know, it's not like they're competing 24 seven in that world probably. So for it to be before or after between those things, you know, I think they could still have a nod to that without it just being strictly, you know, about that. But I, to be honest, I really did not remember that exact about twisted metal story i do remember of course them getting into the characters and whatnot with uh, black but um it's just yeah it's it's a it's a funny game and unfortunately you know i'd rather like uh, be talking about are we going to see a new twisted metal game uh but we're not hearing that at this point right i mean so with the last one that came be... out i know that was a long time ago but that was not yeah, that was great PS3. that was not great yeah. at all but if it's if it's it, right but if it's good enough to turn into a tv series i'm sure somebody can figure out the freaking game so I'm sure um, it's if, interesting. if the TV series ends up as a huge hit, which probably won't, but if it does, I could see PlayStation go looking around and being like, "All right, who can we get to work on this? Can we get maybe, the people who made Destruction All Stars to make the?" And maybe Twisted that's Metal? their their play here. Is they're like, "Well, it's got you know, it's got some following and notoriety, so let's try the TV series, and then you could potentially, I don't know if we've seen that before, but if it gets popular again as like new media, you know, a TV mm-hmm. show, whatever, can is that a reason to now make the game? You know, maybe that's the play. So, yes, we'll see. Fran, I want to hit you with a, a few quick hits of news stories. But before I do, I want to tell you about our sponsors. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooklinen. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one setup and gave up. Trust me, go check out Brooklinen. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost them an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your, your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident that you will love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much, so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. Kind of funny, loves Brooklinen. Tim loves the sheets, and Greg loves the towels. He talks about them all the time, says to cover the, his shame. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code KFGD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O. 
O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code KFGD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. Brooklyn.com, use promo code KFGD at checkout. Hmm? We're also brought to you by Burrow. Finding new furniture is always a hassle, whether it's finding what's what's right, getting it delivered, or the setup itself. That's why I'm excited to tell you that the show is supported by Burrow, the furniture company that's designing smarter, simpler things for modern life at home. They built the company from the ground up to fix all the ways that shopping for furniture is frustrating. Every decision they make, from the first sketch of a new couch to the fast free delivery promise, is made with your experience in mind. No more more visits to far-flung warehouse stores, no high-pressure salespeople, plus Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need. It's furniture designed for the way you live. The credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next-gen consoles standing vertically, and the award-winning Nomad sofa has a built-in USB charger. Assembly is simple. Burrow customers literally write reviews applauding the instructions for being so easy to follow. Modular designs means that they're easy to set up, but also easy, easy to take with you to your next home. Burrow is, so, is also fast with free shipping on every order. Burrow saves you an average of $100 or on large, large items like a couch. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com games. That's Burrow. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash games for $75 off your Burrow purchase. Burrow.com slash games. Lastly, we're brought to you by Logitech. Gaming headsets are important. You want a headset with a good mic, good sound, and a headset that feels comfortable to wear. That's what's best about the G733 wireless gaming headset from Logitech G. The G733 Lightspeed Wireless Gaming Headset comes with 2.4 gigahertz wireless connectivity, front-facing dual-zone light sync RGB, blue voice mic technology, Pro-G audio drivers, and multiple colorways to choose from. It also has total freedom with up to 20 meters wireless range with Lightspeed Wireless. Keep playing with 29 plus hours of battery life, play wirelessly on PS4 with stereo sound. With front-facing dual-zone dual light sync RGB lighting, you can personalize your headset lighting across style and comfort. The reversible suspension headband is designed for ultimate comfort during long play sessions. Each G733 uh, colorway has its own unique headband design. There's also soft dual-layer memory foam that conforms to your head and contours around your jaw for a better seal, reduced stress points, and delivers longer-lasting comfort. It's available in multiple colorways, each with its own vibrant reversible headband and corresponding ear pads. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners express shipping at logitechg.com. Use code KINDAFUNNYDAILYFREESHIP222 for express shipping today. That's express shipping for all Logitech <laughs> G products with promo code KINDAFUNNYDAILYFREESHIP222. I love that code. <laughs> kind it's of funny daily code. free ship so two two two. That really is like you're typing in a cheat code into a video game, right? It's like, got, that's awesome. Yeah. Got it has pizzazz to it. it has personality. Right. Kind of funny daily free ship two two two. Hurry now, since after this promo, the code expires in three days. Kind of funny daily free ship two two two. Uh, we're all, and those are the number two, by the way. Don't spell yes. it out. It's two the number three times two two two. <laughs> number four. CD Projekt Red is taking down stolen Gwent code. This is Marie D'Alessandri at GamesIntry.biz. CD Projekt Red issued DMCA takedowns to Twitter users in an attempt to control the spread of stolen code. The studio was the victim of a ransomware attack in early February, with some of the data reportedly sold online soon after. Believed to include, uh, believed to include the source code for games including The Witcher 3, Cyberpunk 2077, and Gwent The Witcher card game. Now, Vice reported that CD Projekt Red sent a takedown notice to at least two Twitter users who shared links to download the stolen Gwent data. Following the DMCA infringement notice, both posts were taken down by Twitter. Go get them, CD Projekt Red. Yep. Yeah, that whole situation. Dude, ransomware. Unbelievable scumbags. Like, can you? I just, yeah. It it, it sucks for them. I know people were mad at, obviously, uh, cyberpunk, but... It makes me wonder, right? Was that like part of the motivation behind this whole thing? And anyway, I guess this story I mean, is more about the result of that. Is they did they got a hold of you know Gwent and were just as as because uh, CD Projekt Red said, "Sorry, we don't we're not going to negotiate with you guys." So they're like, "Okay, we're going to put out Gwent source code." Like, you know, I don't know how that's impacting them other than they're trying to keep it out of other people's hands right now. But 
Yeah. No, I mean, like, it, it, you, it, when you go through the actual ransom note that they left, since CD Projekt Red posted yeah. it, right? Like, like yep. the, the, the ransom note is kind of inferring that, like, oh, yeah, CD Projekt Red, we know you got secrets as a company. We know you're shitty. And so it has some to do with it. Either way, you know, it's obviously, like, a shitty thing to have a, yeah. to, you know, do this ransom attack on a company. And, you know, I, don't, I, I do like the stance of we don't negotiate with terrorists. Put that shit up if you want to. We'll just DMCA it and worry about it on our side. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a scary scenario because they got a hold yeah. of all kinds of stuff, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess the motivation was they were trying to get money out of them and they didn't want, you know, they probably, you know, as a ransomware person, you don't really want the publicity. I don't think you just want a paycheck, but um, crazy to see that it, I remember reading it, it was the point of like, man, is this really going to turn into anything or is this like a, a, a veiled threat? And, you know, they're out there releasing actual source code. So sucks for CD Projekt Red, but um. You know, DMCA is a hot topic, too, if you're looking into that. By the way, speaking of which, if you try to stream the new rock and roll racing game, you should be careful because it had an amazing soundtrack with, like, Paranoid uh, from, you know, Ozzy Black Sabbath and so a couple other tracks in there that probably um, you got to avoid, you know, putting, Wait, for, putting on for your an streaming SNES channels. Game? Yeah, that, and that was the amazing part about it. Yeah, the actual soundtrack had, I was double-checking, it had Bad of the Bone by George Thorogood, uh, Highway Star, Deep Purple, Paranoid by Black Sabbath, Pete, the Peter Gunn, you know, song by uh, Henry Mancini, um, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf, and then I guess I didn't play it on Sega Genesis. It had Radar Love by Golden Earring, which oh, I don't I, uh, know that I off the top of my head. I did pull up the arcade collection trailer. Yeah, be careful of the sound, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Like just so you want to play it real quick? DMCA. Play without sound, maybe. Oh, that's okay. Is it a long one? But I get you know what? Yeah, hold on. There it is. Are you gonna pull it up? Yeah. So it's I up. was it's reflecting up. on it, dude. I played so much like competitive, like multiplayer with my friends. That's what this game for me was all about. Um, if you watch, you know, when we get to rock and roll racing, but Lost Vikings and all these other games were a lot of this was about multiplayer, but um. Dude, rock and roll Three racing just games. yeah, there it is right there in the middle. So is that is it the middle one? I'm assuming it's the middle one. Yeah, it was like a really cool looking game in its time. It almost looked 3D, right? And it felt 3D, and it wasn't. And um, just an amazing soundtrack and and pretty cool physics of like, you know, beating people to the finish line. And it was all about competitive play. So damn. But yeah, it looks like a really great arcade collection, honestly. So there I didn't, you go. Didn't catch that. Uh, story number five is another quick hit for you. Rare's canceled N64 game Dinosaur Planet has leaked online. Uh, this is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Rare's canceled N64 game known as Dinosaur Planet, which ended up being repurposed into GameCube's Star Fox Adventures, has leaked online and is fully playable. Force Evolution on Twitter released the files to Dinosaur Planet and shared some screenshots of the game that features Star Fox's Fox McCloud. Force Evolution purchased a disc from a private game collector in Sweden that had a build of Dinosaur Planet on it from December 1st, 2000. It is said to be a late build of the game and that would need some hacking to be fully playable to the end. This story is so weird to me because, like, let's just simplify this story. Rare made Dinosaur Planet. It was late in development. They decided, nah, it's basically just like an unfinished Zelda N64 game. How can we make the best of it? So they turned it into Star Fox Adventures. It is, as far as I can tell, I mean, it is, you're playing the game if you go play Star Fox Adventures in like a much better form. So yeah. I get the nostalgia of wanting to like go play something that's unfinished and I've had that pleasure also, at times. It's I think it's, it's, cool. it's also the thing of playing playing a rare game on N64 I think it's different because that, that was the golden age of rare right there. I guess you can loop in SNES with that also too. Um, once again, the GameCube and Xbox, like the, the that rare magic kind of got lost a bit. Star Fox Adventures isn't one of those rare games I look at as like a fuck, this is one of the ones, right? Like that, I but feel that's like that Dinosaur Planet. <laughs> so dinosaur Planet could have been part point, of that dude. cherished bunch. It would have been, it's a, I mean, dude, I haven't played it, obviously, but the, the game you're playing, my point is, you're playing this game with Star Fox in it and some changes, but, you know, what? if you look at what the demo was that was released, uh, what made Rare so awesome is they put their own spin on what Nintendo already had done. In other words, they took Super Mario 64 and they made Banjo-Kazooie, and it was such an awesome high polished spin on what you know nintendo did and of course dinosaur planet you look at it is zelda basically with their own spin and and that's mm -hmm. what star fox adventures became and so honestly by the way if you play a couple clips back to back even the soundtrack you know it shares you know obviously some of the the same work so it's just play star fox adventures but um pretty cool cool to see though that it was yeah. it was basically finished out there
yeah, that's my thing. Is like it's it's I'm I'm such a big fan of Rare, especially the N64 era era of yeah, Rare. So for this to be released out there, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, let's get it. I'm all about it. <laughs> Go play Starbucks uh, Adventures. It's the same thing. Our last news story for the day, we're about a year away from an AEW game. This is Jordan Alleman at, at IGN. The All Elite Wrestling game is aiming to release in about a year, according to AEW Executive Vice President Kenny Omega. Omega revealed the news in an interview with TalkSport. Quote, I would say in a perfect world, give it about a year's time, Omega said. TalkSport says this suggests a release window of first quarter of 2022, based on when they conducted the interview. Very excited, exciting stuff. I know Greg's all about this because Greg loves the wrestling games. I also used to really adore the wrestling games. And so if you're telling me we can get a great one from Yuke's again, cool. Give it to me. I'll, I'll start caring about well, that, AEW if they make a good game. Well, this was what it was. I mean, was Yuke's going to do this one? Or we don't know yeah. that. You were just... Oh, uh, really? I believe... Yes. Because the whole thing was Yuke's used to work on the WWE games. Oh, they, yeah. You know, they stopped, which is how we got that trash WWE game a couple years ago. And... They st- they parted with you to start working on their game. I believe was the series of events. Okay, cool. Yeah, if we if we get a new yeah yeah like Ukes game, um, that'd be amazing. So yeah. um, and I, I've being, always loved I believe it's being uh, worked on in collaboration with Hideyuki uh, Iwashita, the dude who behind the dude behind WWF No Mercy. So yeah, sort of a reprise of that team, basically, right? So that's yeah. that's exciting. I, I've always loved wrestling games, so bring them on. Fran, I'm so excited for when this AEW game comes out, but that's probably just so far away. If I wanted those coming out to mom drop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah. yeah. Out today, <laughs> we got Dry Drowning for Switch. And she for Switch, and then trashed out is out to or trashed is out today on Steam. Uh, new <laughs> dates for you: we got Anton Ball Deluxe that's releasing on Steam for PC this March fifth, and then this is from the Fall Guys Twitter in collaboration with Studio MDHR. We're pleased to announce that Cuphead is the featured costume on Wednesday. Boom! Get yourself some nice. Cuphead and Fall Guys. Uh, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can write in. Let us know your questions. Let us know your squad ups, just like Andrew did. Andrew wrote in with a squad up on PS5 and says, So I've been playing through Demon Souls now that I've caught up, now that I've caught the Souls itch from watching all of KF to uh, get into the different games. I just re- recently got the platinum in Bloodborne, and now I'm working toward the platinum in Demon Souls. I made one huge mistake, though. After killing the final boss of Valley of Devilement, I fell into the swampy area below and got killed in my human form, removing my pure white tendency. One of the key trophies is tied, is tied to pure white tendency in this world. After much research, it appears the only way I can get back to pure white tendency is by killing an invading player. Here's where my request comes in. If anyone is willing to help me out by invading and, t- and letting me kill them, I'll be incredibly grateful. I'd be willing to drop stones or other helpful items uh, needed. I have created the password entry code KF help me if anyone is willing to help out. My actual PSN is a medding that is a m e d d i n g, but I think that all I need uh, for help is the KF KF help me password inputting in game that allows anyone to use the password to invade. So there you go. If you want to help out Andrew with his demon souls woes, boom, invade his game with the password KF help me. Yeah, I think you'd have to do all of like new game plus otherwise if um if you don't just focus on the invasion so yeah help nobody nobody got time for that no ain't nobody got time for that of course you can go to patreon.com or no you can go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong um let's see here let's see here we talked about this uh wit says nintendo has nintendo also has age of calamity dlc coming out in june in november of this year for Zelda's 35th anniversary. Oh, I see. So that's the Zelda 35 conversation. Cool. So yeah, we got that. There's uh, a lot of questions otherwise. Yeah. Some editorializing question. Okay. 
We got one more kind of funny year wrong from kind of Steven who says, I mean... what Fran said is incorrect. <laughs> Miyamoto okay. saw this and thought the main character looked like Star Fox. So they had Rare cancel that game and repurpose it for GameCube as Star Fox Adventures. The main character of Dinosaur Planet, they made it into Cat from Star Fox Adventures. So the, you're telling me that on record, the reason Nintendo canceled Dinosaur Planet was because they thought the main character looked like Fox. I'm sure that there was some uh, there was some commentary on that from Miyamoto, but I feel like that's like really boiling down. There's probably a lot more to it than just that, but I feel that. Yeah, <clears throat> feel I'm pretty that. sure it was an amalgamation. <laughs> They're like, well, you know, these dinosaurs kind of look like a fox person anyway, so let's just make it Star Fox. I mean, what's funny is Miyamoto was famously like quoted for saying, you know, he'd say stuff like that sometimes, but I guess the point is I'm sure that wasn't wasn't all of it. I don't mind being wrong, by the way, but I don't think my point is that's the reason that they yeah. took a whole game on N64 and, and pushed it to I mean, GameCube. I'm, I'm sure the, that's why they repurposed it into Star Fox specifically, but I'm sure like the it, game would have gotten carried over either way. Yeah, no, I think because like they had the animal characters like, oh, how can we how do we make more out of this? And frankly, we knew they needed launch games uh, in the launch window for GameCube. And that was like one of the big reasons that they pushed it, actually. And, and it was a good choice. It was it was definitely a good choice. <clears throat> this week's host for kind of funny games daily go like this. Tomorrow, you're getting Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, it's me and the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. On Thursday, it's Greg and Chelsea Blasco. And then Friday. It's Greg and me. That's right. We're back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live right now on Twitch, after this, you're getting Mike, Nick, and Andy playing some video games. Is it Super Mario 3D World with Tim Gettys? I'm going to say yes yeah, because I is. see Tim Gettys in the it. other live channel. And so stay tuned for that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at, uh, live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>